<laughs> and we're good to go, man. Sweet. Oh, man, you made it. I, against Biden's will, yes. Dude, I feel like, I, I said this to you over text, a few times over the past year, <laughs> he's just decided to drop in on New York City. Yeah. And fuck up everybody's travel plans. And also, I think I might have had a taxi driver who hated me. Because the first thing, because I was going to take the queue, because mm-hmm. you're so close to the queue. But then I was like, oh, the queue said I was going to come two minutes late. And I hate being late. Pause for how late we are. And then I no, was Nobody like, knows what time <laughs> it is out there. Danny was perfectly I was, on time. No, I was 45 minutes late, which I really, I, a night, or. Er, Tw- 25. 25. But in my mind, that's 45. Okay, I, I got hate you. being late. Irish guilt? So much. Okay. All right. So much Irish guilt. Like, I wanted to walk in saying sorry to your lobby. No one was there. I was just like, to the ghost. <laughs> and I apologize. Actually, I apologized to the taxi driver who, when I got in, because I didn't want to take the train, and also it was nice that I wanted a window down, he was like, oh, the east side is crazy. You're going to want to go on the west side. No. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's a great call. Dude, so you can <laughs> never, I feel you can never, ever trust Google Maps no. as far as like time for driving. Wait, my favorite too, because I asked him, I was like, oh, I have ways if you need to. He's like, I know the way. Every entrance was closed. It's not about the way. It's about, it's about what? There's there's additional information. They're fucking idiots. But all I was thinking was how late I was, and then his lock screen was like his family. I was like, oh, he's so happy. He's happy. All I was like, you know, I got time. And then when I got to like 82nd on the west side, I was like, I'm just going to get out here and walk across the park. He's like, but you want to get to the east side? I was like, yeah, quite literally, that's where I'm going. So yeah. did all that. Had the nicest like little walk. Saw all the barricades with the LOL. No traffic on the east side. None at all. I wish this so, guy wasn't a liar. I know. I think I did get played, and I'll allow it for the extra, uh, the extra fare. But dude, every time that's happened with Biden over the past like year, I like all of my good liberal New Yorker bona fides <laughs> just go out the window, and I start like like, oh, let's go, Brandon. It's really when I become my true bridge and tunnel self, mm-hmm. where I'm like, I live in Jersey. I don't give a fuck what any of you all are doing. I I hate I hate the pomp and circumstance. You're, you're a Jersey guy originally? I live in, yes, Jersey guy originally. And Jersey guy currently. And Jersey guy currently. Okay. I had an abroad moment in the Bronx and then Brooklyn. And then I came you back. You went home. over bodies of water. It counts as abroad. And also, I, I, right, I count it. And I never lived in Manhattan. I don't know why. Do you see it happening for yourself in the near future? I, well, literally when I was walking, I was like, I was like so worried about being late. And then when I was walking the Upper East Side, I was like, wait. I was like trying to make small talk with people. Everyone was so happy. Everyone has dogs. Literally, a girl leaving your building looked like she was, like, dressed for the Kentucky Derby. Really? And, like, but she went outside and kind of, like, looked around in my head. I feel she was hoping someone would compliment her dress. So me and a girl at the same time were like, you look great. And she was happy. Oh, that's great. You picked up on that. Yeah. But I do feel like I could see Manhattan. It seems like it's a fun time. But, like, I love a jersey. All right. We need another pandemic just to, like, crash all the rent prices. And then you can slide back in. I think that's the move. If there is one more pandemic, I might commit to, like, off the grid, though. Honestly, yeah, that might not be a bad idea. And by off the grid, you mean, like, South Jersey. (laughs) I'm just in that the beach. Yeah, I'm just snookying. All right. Well, this this future South Jersey resident that we have here on the podcast is Danny Murphy, a.k.a. Cashmere Danny, uh, known to to people online. Thank you for for fighting through the Biden traffic. Uh, you know what? It could have been Kamala traffic. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, man. I actually, you know, I wanted to get to this before we got into the rest of the podcast. We were messaging about the set. You saw Muna last night. I saw Muna. Okay. And Lord was the special guest. That's awesome. But I, it was a thing because I, 
for those who don't know, Muna is a all lesbian band. They just have an amazing song called Silk Chiffon that I absolutely love. That has been my conversation for the past seventy two hours of trying to explain to people the Muna concert I'm going to. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Who is that?" I'm like, "They're like a queer band." They're like, "I'm like Silk Chiffon TikTok." They're like, "Oh," so they get they they get it from there. But they were really really fun. But it was at my least favorite venue, Terminal Five. Dude, Terminal Five is fucking awful. I saw M- I saw M83 there like two, three weeks ago. It's like the whole place is just support pillars. Yeah. Oh, because people were jumping and I get to the nerve wracking where I'm like, I, this is going to collapse. Like it's the Titanic five. Like it's yeah. like things are going down and I got really, really worried and there's no like flow to anything. Every sign is an exit sign, but no doors open. I really do not enjoy it there. Dude, it's all. And then you can, you work in news too. So you can like, I can see the headline. Of like when Terminal Five collapses in on itself. I know, like too many Muna fans, mm-hmm. like too heavy to support. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, that can't be me. Yeah. Would, would you make the front page of the post if that happened? You think? Because like, like I, the post's own Danny Murphy dies at Muna concert. I would hope so. Maybe like a sidebar. I would. Mm-hmm. Well, depends. I mean, like Biden's in town. I probably wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> if you made page six, you'd feel yeah, lucky. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Excellent. Um, yeah, I know. I absolutely love that song. I have no exposure to Muna outside of that song, but they were. When I, Chris and I went to go see Taylor Swift in Nashville this weekend, and right Which before so fe- it was phenomenal. I could I could spend a whole hour talking about it. It might happen because I'm seeing her in August, so I want uh, tips. Okay. Oh, it's gonna be all right. You're gonna have a great time. <laughs> um, but right before Phoebe Bridgers came on, they played Silk Chiffon over oh. the speakers, and like not it wasn't the whole stadium, but the ones who got it. But it was enough people to be like, this is wild that this many people it, are singing this. It song. was you and every bisexual girl. Shout out. Yeah, like that <laughs> really is. Sick. We were yeah. having a great time. Oh, it's so because what didn't Boy Genius pop out? They did. They came. They came out for one song uh. in the middle of Phoebe's set. W- it was so great because like it's again, it's a whole stadium, and she just goes, "Where are my boys?" And they come out, and like some people got it, some people didn't. And like right. personally, like I, I've listened to the Boy Genius album like once or twice. Mm-hmm. It's not on like constant rotation yeah. with me, but I just I love that moment of like bring out your indie rock band yeah. friends to sing a song with you at a Taylor Swift concert. At the biggest stage, yeah, that's a really cool moment of like she's like, oh, she's a good person. Yeah. I don't care what that Paul guy says. I don't know, dude. I just love that song because when Phoebe Bridger says, I'm high and I'm feeling anxious inside of the CBS, <laughs> I felt that shit. You're like, that is to my core. Yeah. They, oh, I know. They are really amazing. And I feel like it's like when you find a song that you're just like, oh, this is my mantra. Mm-hmm. It's a really beautiful moment. I know. And it's got that bop to it. Um, all right. We've, we've gone on our little moon tangent here for a few <laughs> minutes. The reason I wanted to have Danny on the podcast is I – had this realization at the last virtual reality event, which the next one is coming up May 18th. This will launch, this will post next Wednesday. So there's a day left. And if there, if there are still tickets, buy them. Oh my God, please. Ramona and Avery Singer. Yeah. And the, uh, Carolyn Manzo and her, her sons will be there. It's an OG who and mess. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. But at the last virtual reality, reality event, which my parents attended and had a great time, by the way. Um, I, I had this realization of like, I don't think I know anyone who has both, a day job or like an office job, really, because you came yeah. from the office. Anyone who's had an office job and a performance career that are like so completely in sync with each other. It, yeah. Do it, you feel that way? It really is insane how that happened because it was always the and you know this. It was like years ago. It was like getting to work at nine, leaving at five killing time for two hours before like going to a bunch of different places to like try out material or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then getting home at like 1145 and then being like, okay, rinse and repeat. Yeah. And it's like a very hard thing. And you're like, Oh, I want to try to mix it all together. And for a lot of jobs that mix it all together, a lot of it is kind of like, 
people are always like, oh, well, there's like writing for like TV and everything like that, which I'm always. I'm always applying to that job. Like I always am like, oh, I should. But then like, I'm so bad at writing. Okay. You feel like you're more of an improviser? Yeah. I, yeah. And I would say, because like, I feel like whenever I like write anything, I like read it in a stupid voice where it's like kind of like old timey where it's like, hey, uh, yeah. And I'm like, who's going to read that? So I feel that's kind of a disfault of my own. But then, so I was always kind of like, oh, I love like, um, like pop culture and interviewing people. And I feel like interviewing can have like its serious moments, but it's very kind of like an improv, like an improv moment too, which is really fun. So then trying to develop that at my current job was a really beautiful medley. Right. So like, um, but you, well, you used to do stand up, or do you still yes. do stand? Like, uh, I don't know much anymore. I yeah. well, I but you do, scratch the itch with like the I, live shows that you yes. do. Yes. Well, I always laugh because me and I met like one of my best friends doing improv at UCB, which like I always like. So I would join a cult is what I've learned. I'm like I can never get mad at any cult documentary. Nobody at UCB is better than the other. <laughs> like everyone <laughs> fell for the. You know, I don't want to say the scam, but yeah, like. Oh. It, it, Danny's Daniel say it. And I, you know what? I'll agree with Danny. I'll be I a good paid $3,000 for an e-certificate of improv. For one course? No, that was four. Because okay. I graduate. You don't get the certificate until you graduate. Okay. Wait. No, it's literally a pyramid scheme. Oh, my gosh. Wait. So for, for an e-certificate, would you be like, like an <laughs> online? Just like, like, it's a, like not a piece ecstasy. Of- you got a PDF that said you did improv. Congratulations. <laughs> and I'm like, also, who do I give that to? Yeah. Do you frame it on your wall? I like, should have. It's, it's just I like. I hanging things, so I didn't. But uh, it was really sad. But that was one of the things where I, doing, it's almost a funny thing, doing that. And I met some great people with there. But then I was like, oh, it's kind of weird because you, in improv, you have to do what everybody else says you are doing. Mm-hmm. And there's always like very weird people in improv, um, where like you're just doing a scene and someone's like, "We're in Mars now," and you're like, "I don't, I don't want a yes and that no, at all." I'm a very no person. It's more, it's more like yes, fine, or fine and. Tr- yes, no, deeply yeah. that. And then so I started to me and my friend like, oh, we should do like stand up because we like doing our own stuff, and we started doing like Brooklyn stand up though, which is love Brooklyn. I mean, I literally moved out there. I think I was like banished from it. I didn't vibe with, like we were like not like. I feel there were levels of it and there's like some fun people there, but there were moments where like even me and my friend were like, what are we like? What, what's going on here? What exactly turned you off from it? Was it the attitudes or was it the types not of the, jokes? Like not the, at- like I feel, well, honestly, I almost felt like I was like, Oh, this was like a concert that I don't know any of the music to where I just was like kind of sitting and I'm like, this is not my vibe. I'm so happy. Everybody else is vibing here. Would be people getting up and like, kind of assuming they would be getting claps versus like working for it. Mm-hmm. And I feel that is kind of like I, the adrenaline rush I get on stage is I'm like, and also when I wake up in the morning, I was like, I need these people to like me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I never walk into a room thinking, Oh, everyone's going to love me. Yeah. I'm always so worried about that. So I feel it was a lot of flip of that. And then also a lot of my, like where I would like laugh about things would be like pop culture. And then also where I would just be like, I can't fit into Zara pants. And they'd be like, you can. And I'm like, no, I like, I'm like, no, this isn't like, people would just be like, no, like believe it. I'm like, I it's can't. It's not the bit. Yeah. I know. I'm like, I wouldn't be like, I would start crying if I was actually upset about all this. So I feel there were a lot of disarrays in regards to that. And then I started doing me and my friend, Michelle started like hosting a show, which was a lot of fun. Cause me and her were just like, oh, we like are doing something without preparing anything. And it was a fun way to like meet people and then you're doing it, but then you're like every month. And like, it sounds fun. Like our, when I, like, you talk to like a friend who doesn't do any of that, like, Oh, a monthly show. That's chill. But you're like, 
every it's like every single day you have to do something else for it's it. It's so much work. I have every show I've ever had to run, I've hated the experience. Nightmare because you it's clerical. It's so many emails on all this, and it's after you're answering emails for your job, mm-hmm. and then you're like trying to check in people's schedules. Someone's gonna drop it at the last minute. You're like anxious about ticket sales. You're doing all this stuff, and then. And that's the thing. It's the day before. You're like, I don't even know what's fine. I'm just tired. I want this show to be done. At no, at no point is it enjoyable. No, exactly. Because oh yeah, you're right. All the planning and you're stressing about the ticket yeah. sales. And even if like it sells a bunch of tickets or you show up and there's a lot of people there, it's like, well, I hope it is good. And then you're not, you don't feel satisfied until the end of it. Because that's what I think. It's like until an hour before, I'm like, no one's gonna show up. And then when I see people there, they're like, they're going to have a miserable time. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, wait, I don't know if this is something that I need to be constantly doing. Because I just would always leave. Like, it'd be fun for like the 10 minutes after the show. Mm-hmm. And like, during was enjoyable. But then I was just like, oh, this is very hard. But I wanted to find a way to channel that outlet into doing other like live podcast shows and stuff like that. That was able to scratch that itch and incorporate it into work. So I was able to kind of like have a better flow. And then also like a peace of mind. <laughs> Yeah, it, but it's also like um, that because you talk about being in alignment. Like that yeah. peace of mind comes from being in alignment. If you have all this friction with, you know, oh, I'm running these shows or I'm doing this this stand up comedy stuff in Brooklyn, it makes me feel bad. Like, like in what 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 is the reason I'm I'm doing this? Yeah, for, you and know? then also it would make you feel guilt in a lot of ways too, where you're like, and like guilt for like going out with your friends. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, not why working am I? hard enough. Yeah, and you're like, why am I guilty for like? getting tapas i'm like this is just an enjoyable thing and i don't know you're not grinding you're not doing five mics a night and i don't know if you ever felt the same way where you're just like talking to your friends who are just like oh yeah i'm just going to work and going home and i'm like that sounds so magical i (laughs) and i'm like why can't why can't my brain do that (laughs) i don't i remember one time I, i was at an open mic or something and i said something along the lines of like man just walking here and seeing people eat outside at restaurants and being happy like how how do I do that? Like, can someone please teach me how to make that happen? I would in my love life? to that. Just be like, you go to sleep, you're like, I'm fulfilled. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a sickness that people like you and me have. Where, <laughs> yeah, I think it comes from that need to have people like us. I know that's been oh, my major yeah. vulnerability. It's it's like because a lot of people they get into comedy because they didn't get uh, attention from their parents or they weren't supported. For me, I was too supported by my parents. <laughs> I feel like too much attention. Too like Pete, you can do it, you know. But um. It's for me. It was always like peer acceptance and like oh. feeling comfortable in a group of friends or like classmates or whatever. And I think that's kind of what drove me into stand up because it's like, all right, well, I'm in a room. I'm the only one who can talk. Yeah. And I'm gonna know that everyone likes me because they're laughing at what I'm saying. It's it's a way where it's like there's no like oh like are they talking about me behind my back like is there a, you know right. Oh, wait. It's like a level of honesty that you're like, oh, I respect and appreciate that. But it's also a deeply one-sided, parasitical, parasocial yeah, relationship. You're like, oh, they don't like me. They're just laughing at something. They don't know me. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. Or it's, I guess if, if you're doing it right, they will know you. Yeah. And like, it does feel good when you, you know, you're providing them something if you're able to like make them laugh and they have a good time. But like, yeah, that like the the seed of that desire. And it's a funny thing. Oh, they liked you. You're like, oh, but we're not all getting dinner after this. No, <laughs> like, no. They're like, like, uh, no, I'm going to hang out with the people I'm at my table with. Yeah. They're, 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 <laughs> you can't come with us. No. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's great to hear though, because yeah, I do know that lifestyle of like work from nine to five, nine to six, and then yeah. out until midnight and then wake up early again. And that's, it took me a long time to like break out of that or like realize that that wasn't necessarily the healthiest thing for me. I think it, it works when you're in your twenties. Like when I moved to, to New York at 25, yeah. like it was good for me to do that for a few years, but like, you know, you got to like pull yourself out of it, but you like just kind of navigated 
into this other thing that, that like you said with the hosting it makes you feel more comfortable uh-huh. like how did like did that just slowly come to be or did, was it intentional with it, you it was pretty i would say kind of on the intentional side because i also went into like stand up and live performing it was almost a level of acceptance where i was like i know i'm not the best at this and i just know i like to have a fun good time while doing it and I like making people laugh and have a good time mm-hmm. and enjoy it. And then it was almost a funny moment, too, where I was like, my favorite thing to do a lot of times was like crowd work and interacting with people. And then I was like, oh, that is sort of a bad interview because you're not really asking them too many questions. And then I was like, oh, but I enjoy doing that. So I want to kind of be more conscious with it. And a lot of it then was kind of every time I was at work, like where I'm at now at page six and my first job at uh, Hearst, I was just very vocal about that being something I'm interested in doing and kind of just volunteering for any opportunities that would like allow me to be able to do that and just kind of like picking up stuff so that I could start building. Cause it was a funny thing where I was like, Oh, where did all those people that started like hosting stuff randomly, did they start doing it through comedy? And it was like a lot of them do, but they had hosting experience too. So I was like, okay, I need to make sure I get that. So then I kind of just really wanted to do a lot, like go all in on that to really hone that skill to sharpen it. And also it's nice too, because it's a skill you're able to do during the day mm-hmm. for the most part. So right. you're able to kind of do that, feel fulfilled. And then also get to opposite night and have and a 7 feel- PM. Yeah. yeah. That, that's so great. So like when you're in those jobs with Hearst and then with page six, you're like any kind of on camera opportunity. Cause any kind of like digital video stuff, you like, you're really, you saw that and you're like, I'm going to throw my name. That's like, yeah. Like at my first job out of college, I was like a Facebook live video producer, which like, I don't think Facebook Live, because oh, the yeah, it's always like rebranded yeah, or changed to something else. It was it's, like it's ridiculous, something like that. Yeah, but my boss was really into doing uh, interviews on it because he loved Bravo, and I was like, oh, I like Bravo, but it's for a product site, so I don't really know. Or like, I don't really know how you want us to get Bravo people in for product site. But he was like, just build the set and they'll come, and the stars come. But then he would also, I would be like, oh, this is really cool. I'd love to do it. So anytime he wasn't interested in someone, he would let me take over the reins or if he was ever out, he'd be like, yeah, do it. Who cares? I don't care. Type of stuff. So I was able to kind of build up my confidence and my skill of it through there. So then when I started uh, also like freelance writing at that time too, and that's when I was freelance writing for Betches Media and they were looking for uh, like new podcast hosts. And then I auditioned for one and I was like, oh, cause I have all this clips that I can send and stuff. And they're like, oh, okay, perfect. So I was able to get that. And that also helped me kind of build out my hosting experience. I did that, or I still do it with Sarah, but also with Casey Balsham for a little. Who's oh, I know Casey, but she just had a baby. I know. she's. I love her so much. She's great. And uh, her husband, Robbie, is hilarious. He, they are so fun together. My last guest, Amy Hawthorne, she used to live with the two of them in oh, Long Island City. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so fun. Oh, wait, I think I remember Casey. Uh, yes. Okay. I remember yeah, she when was they, the booker at New York Comedy Club. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm really, and she was really great at kind of like watching her do all the things at once too, mm-hmm. where she's like out every night. And I was like, ton of stand up. Holy shit. Yeah. She's so funny. And like, she's always working. I feel like she's even like back doing it with like a one week hold on her hip too. It's very impressive. Yeah. Um, what the fuck was I going with that? So you had the thing. With oh, so, yeah, so then I was able to kind of do all the hosting from there. And then when I started working at page six, not in like a hosting role at all, they would just kind of be needing like one off things. I'm Kristen. So, uh, full disclosure, Danny's boss is my wife, Kristen. <laughs> yeah. So now you know how we got him on the podcast. 
But yeah, I remember Kristen would do that every now and yeah. then, bef- like it, er, in her earlier roles, where it's like here, here, Erica Jane's in the office and like talk to her for that, fifteen minutes or something like that. It is a thing because like when I like talk about, it's like very putting yourself out there is one thing, but also it's really just like a luck of the draw of like the community you're working in, mm-hmm. which like a lot of people obviously don't get the benefit of working with people that are like, I'll go do that. Or like, try it. You know what I mean? It could mess up. So they were really good at just like throwing you places if you want to do it. And then kind of like, I just had a moment where I love watching Bravo TV and that's a big part of page six where it's like, oh, we should start doing videos like about the shows that are on. And they're like, yeah. And then that started and that kind of evolved into uh, doing interviews with these people with Evan who uh, signed on a little bit later with page six. Yeah, Evan's a recent hire, right? Over yeah, the past year, he maybe? He started in he, in the middle of the pandemic, so I literally okay. don't even know when, or like late 2021, early 2022, sometime like that. And then he kind of came on. He was like, oh, I like I would love to do like camera stuff, too. And I was like, oh, I want to do that, too. So then he also knows like every single housewife. So I was like good at being like, oh, they want to come on and talk. So then we were able to just do like videos with them. And we were sort of like, this is kind of just like, a podcast that isn't getting released. Like we might need to like pitch this to page six to let them know. And then they were like, yeah, we should be doing this. So then it kind of was just able to all grow together. And it's funny too. That's also to a point of where stand up kind of differentiates with that. Cause I went into doing a lot of stand up at first. Cause I thought I loved the independence of it mm-hmm. and being like, okay, I'm going to go to like a coffee shop and write and then get on the stage by myself. And then everyone would be like, like and it just kind of you did it Danny. you did it i got a gold star like i was yeah like i was like that'll do pig like crashing the moon a concert <laughs> i'm like wait um but then i realized i was like i really do love a collaborative environment and it is kind of fun to like volley with people like either ideas or doing stuff and i didn't realize how much of that i actually would love and i really do love it and i couldn't like i, I would be really like those were moments when I like get on if I would get on stage by myself and I'm like oh I kind of miss not having someone it's also a like a security blanket where it's really nice if you're kind of like and you or and also it's a thing too where it is kind of like fun to like bounce off or they're doing something like oh I know something funny I can say after that type of thing yeah and like it's also you when you have a collaborative effort like that like you realize the hardest thing about stand up is thinking that like yeah, there is that independence, but yeah. it's like I have to carry all of this weight, yeah. and it can become kind of a burden. So I, I do see like that that sense of relief with like not only do I have this co-host or I have this person that I'm working with, I have this like team that's around, and we're all working in this together. So like this all doesn't fall on my shoulders. Yeah, and even to the point too, where like I am just, and it reminds you that it could be fun too, because like we were saying, where it's like it's so stressful, like reaching out to booking five people to be on a show, reaching mm-hmm. out to the venue to make mm-hmm. sure it's all okay checking with them, sending out, like, going on Canva. It was just all this stuff, and it was just very... Emailing Time Out New York and, like, please feature my mm. my, my show in a tweet. I, I, I beg of you. I Maybe when, if I died at the Muna concert, I'll be in Time Out New York. I will never be <laughs> until then. But I know, and it's just so exhausting and hard. And then it is that thing, too, where you have a moment like that, and it could be like, oh, this is just so annoying and stupid. You can even laugh about it with someone. You're like, I can't believe... I fucking have to do this, but like we're doing it together. You like, yeah, you commiserate. So, um, exactly. The, um, there. So one of my, uh, the former football coach at UVA used to say like hard things together, like, Ooh, and that's yeah. like what really galvanizes a team. Where it's like, yeah, you go through something shitty and it's like difficult for everybody and high stress, but if you do it in the company of other people, uh-huh. you have that kind of 
bonding experience. So it, it there's meaning in that suffering, like something comes out of it. But if you're doing it by yourself, it's just like suffering. And then it's really only redeemed by some kind of success on the yeah, other end. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. That's the only, you have no, you're not at least like, oh, we did something together or we tried to do something together mm-hmm. as a beautiful moment. I also think that's the first time I've heard football ungalvanizing this year. Oh, those. Th- <laughs> I was like, I don't know. That's, you know, I, I find weird links between things. I'm a man of many interests. Muna, Phoebe Bridgers. You are, yeah. Football, yeah. I, I try and mix it up. Um, all right, so when you initially start doing those videos, the yes. interviews, they're, they're on, like, the, they live on the Page Six site. And then right. it's like, all right, we got to migrate these to, like, podcast directories now. And it's kind of a, it's like, because it is like a mixed bag where it's like, they're on the site as YouTube videos. So then it's like building a, not a case, but kind of building, like, there's podcasts doing a similar thing. Like, we, should do this and then kind of like trying to like having the pressure of being like this will be a beneficial thing mm-hmm. so like trying to make sure then you book the guests and have them like say great stuff and make a comfortable environment too to get them because especially for at least like in page six specifically like we're asking them some questions that will elicit responses and headlines and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i want to make sure they feel comfortable to like get a little messy but then also i always remind myself too what a thing where it's like Obviously, it's like you're talking to like, uh, especially because I love Bravo, like a real housewife that I love. Like I could ask her a bunch of stupid questions that I've just always been curious about that are like kind of fun. But then I in the back of my head, I'm like, but this also has to be beneficial to the greater company. So it's like make it worthwhile. And even if it's like you don't like somebody that you're interviewing, you don't like them on the show because like that. I'm like, I need to still like treat them fairly because they're taking time out of their day to benefit me from being on like the podcast and everything like that. So it is definitely a delicate balance of doing it for a larger company because I'm always now my new worries. I'm like, okay, is this like being useful to like all the departments that are involved? Is Rupert gonna like this? I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. 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 There's so there's a lot of interesting stuff there that I kind of want to unpack because like first of all, like that that transition that you make from like just being a fan and now (laughs) like having relationships with these women. So is that like a a new thing just from the podcast over the past couple year or so or definitely of the past few years and it's funny because we kind of started the podcast towards like the pandemic's never over but like towards the end of the pandemic so it's all on zoom mm-hmm. but now a lot of them are coming in person so a lot of them like oh i remember you or something like that which is very fun and a great way to build the relationship and also like just feels great i'm like oh i was like memorable enough on the 12 interviews they did that day a year ago to still elicit a response and it does kind of enter messy territory when it's like a housewife who's like always super nice and i'm like okay now i like love you like family if they do something bad on the show you still have to be like okay you did something bad on the show i'm not mad but people are mad yeah exactly it's like i don't want to say or you have like their mortal enemy on the show on the podcast because they're also doing press and they're going to say something great. So it is definitely that delicate balance. And I think most of them also, well, most of them, I'm always like, they have lovely homes. Mm-hmm. They're fine. Um, they're, they're, they'll be, they're going home at the end of the day uh, and being comfortable. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going back to my studio apartment in Hoboken, New Jersey. They can, I, if they're mad at me, I don't know. I, I do not know what they've to already me. won. I'm like, I'm living in your shoe closet. Uh, but I feel like there's definitely that delicate balance, but it also is that fun moment where it's like, Oh, I'm going to like, the cool parties that I've always wanted to go to before and stuff like that. So it's definitely that fun moment of going to those, but then also being like, okay, but be professional at them because I'm representing myself and the brand and myself professionally. Mm-hmm. So that too with like, um, cause you have these, 
relationships, but again, you're also you have a job to do. So mm-hmm. like like does it sounds like you have a pretty clear line, like 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 when like not letting the relationship get in the way of doing your job. Yeah, exactly. Like, so for like on this season of Jersey, like Mark, well, every season of Jersey, Margaret Josephs and Jennifer Aiden, two of the housewives, yeah, hate each other. They apparently might like each other now, but who behind the scenes? Information. I know, I know. Uh, we'll see. Cut to it's like they're like both arrested at the reunion, just like strangling <laughs> <Yeah>. each other. <laughs> I'm like Biden delay. It's like they were fighting on Madison. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, it was uh, Margaret Josephs. <laughs> But um, like Marge, Margaret, like she did our live show. We've interviewed her a lot. I she even would come in a lot at my old job. So I've known her or like I've met her a lot over the time, and I really do love her and I think she's so fun. But that's when me and Evan were at the event. We're like, hey, we just gotta tell you, like we are talking to Jennifer Aiden tomorrow. And then she was kind of like, it's why she was like, let me let me know what she said. So some of them get excited to like elicit more responses, and it's kind of like because they know it's like because I'm like. If she's not going to talk to us, she's going to talk to someone else mm-hmm. and say the same stuff about you. Also, it's like part of the job yeah. of like not just your job, but their job of being on TV. Their job is to fight in public. Being messy. Exactly. And they do it. Some of the uh, Jersey does it very well. Of course. I mean, that's it's like in their blood almost. Exactly. All right. So th- this is a, a question that I've always wondered. And I, I don't know how clearly I'm going to explain this, okay. but like I am. You, you said earlier about like, oh, who they are on the show and who they are mm-hmm. in real life. I'm just very fascinated just in general, not just reality TV about where people get their self-perception from and like really because you can't view yourself Mm -hmm. objectively you get your self-perception reflected back to you by other people's opinions and i feel like that's got to be turbocharged with reality tv stars because they're seeing a version of themselves on tv that's not real because it's it's one it's you know edited and they're meant Mm -hmm. to look a certain way but like do do you think they take that in and then that kind of changes them personally and then that gets filmed then they see it's like a copy of a copy of a copy like do you see these women change over time as a result of being on a show for for a while a hundred percent i feel it's a very like there's like lanes of them like some of them you see like the first season you're like oh they're so fun and they're relatable in the second season it's like whose face is that mm-hmm. and they just and i mean i always i never judge someone getting a facelift because if i was watching myself every angle on reality tv i probably would too um but some of them go in that regard. I will say some of the women that I've met, I'm like, you are who you are on the TV show. And it's like, there's no cameras. Like, you're. this is just who you are. It's not I, an act. Not an act. I think some of them, if they are on for like maybe too long or they're having like a bad season, so they really depend on the fans that like them to hype them up. They really lean into like a catchphrase they said mm. years ago and stuff like that. So I think there's layers to that. And then I think the like younger cast members and stuff, they are kind of, they're like, we've all, TikTok, like they just know that, like how to like either sell themselves or sell who they want to sell versus, so that's almost like the different end of the stick where like some of the older cast members I feel get warped by the show. Okay. And some of the younger ones go in being like, this is my package. So, oh, so they, they already have like a predetermined image to like exactly. present. Mm-hmm. Okay. But does, does like what I say makes, what I said makes sense that about makes like sense. Who, yeah. how they see themselves on TV and it changes how they yeah. act. Yeah. And like, I, th- and I think also a lot of them, and I feel a lot of the women uh, at reunions and on interviews, they almost say that as a good thing too, where they're like, I saw how I acted and I actually had to change my ways or I saw how, my partner treated me and now I'm getting a divorce. Cause I'm like, how the, what was I doing? Cause a lot of times even in life, cause you are just blinders on mm-hmm. 
Going on time, you're never gonna like be like, oh, what was I like the past four months? Oh, let me rewatch it. Every- What's my arc as a person? Yeah. What's my narrative? And like, how do I get sizzled down to like a three minute thing from these like executives and then like uh, approved by everything? So it really is just like such a test subject mode for that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's got to be tough, to, tough to deal with. Stepping off the housewives for yeah. a second, another thing I want to talk to you about: you have your uh, you have large online following, <laughs> so, uh, so for. If you don't know, Danny's like known for like face on a thing videos. Yeah, I don't know what to call them, yeah. but that is some, yeah. The the fir- the first question I have to ask is like technically, how do you do that? Because I envision you in like a green screen <laughs> ski mask, and like and like talking, and then that's you just superimpose the image over. I it. love how smart you think I am. It's just like filters on TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram. Oh really? Okay. They're all all those, and you can like edit them to switch because you can like put photos that you want on them. And just kind of like go from there. Sometimes they don't work and sometimes like it'll it'll work out. So kind of like you'd like guess and check from all of that. Mm-hmm. But it is much less low tech, which I'm very I just know, but I I think it might even be higher tech because like in my mind it's like, oh well you gotta like cover your face and do all this <laughs> other stuff. It's like no, the app does it for you, you fucking yeah, that's true. elder millennial idiot. Um where when did you start doing that? Where did that come from? Also, when did you decide to make the face a hater? Like that's like I, my favorite thing about it. I feel I started doing it like fall 2020 in the pandemic when I feel everybody was like, oh, like, do you know about TikTok? And I did not at all. Or like I was on it, but I didn't know how to work it. That's where I get so bad with technology. I'm like, I don't know what this is. I don't know how to do it. Everyone is like dancing on it and like 12 years old. And I was like, I don't know how to like do that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. And I was like, okay, well, I feel like I should like do something on it. And I was laughing. I was like, I don't think anybody wants to see like, I, didn't, I couldn't get a haircut in the pandemic. I was just like chugging everything. I was like gaining weight, couldn't trim my beard. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I none of us can were at do our the best. savage <laughs> dance right now. It would not be the best. I wouldn't do that to Meg the Stallion. So I was like, let me, I was like, what can I do without my face? And then I was like, oh, I could like, and I saw like this like I am lost challenge popping up where it was like people having like objects being lost or something. I was like, oh, I can do that. But I was like, I can't. I get I get like a lot of like cringe at myself trying to do so. I was like, I can't lip sync on and I can't do any of that. I was like, Oh, I'll just like talk on it. And then I was like, oh, I'd kind of be fun to talk in a way that like I feel the inner judgment of myself sometimes mm-hmm. to myself and maybe to other people where I'm just kind of like, oh, why are you spending seven more dollars to get a third iced coffee when you just fought an espresso machine? Because it's fun. It's so fun. And I'm like, every swipe I get, I'm like, that's another day of living. The it tap is. isn't the same thrill. So I've been oh, saving money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You need because like that this this well the swipe hasn't happened. Yeah. I, I feel like I haven't swiped a credit card in it, years. It's so sad. It's like a artisanal like handcrafted feel. It very it's it's churning butter. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to love the chip. I love an action because the tap is so like. Eh. You like you like the chip more than than the tap. Yeah. See to me like the tap the chip, it's not it's just it's it's not even close to the swipe. Because you just put it, and then sometimes it doesn't work, and you gotta wait for it. So if I'm not gonna get the satisfaction of a swipe, mm-hmm. at least it's the tap goes faster. The tap goes well because I do like because there were it gave me at least I guess this was well I think credit cards for a while you still needed a code for it because at least I was like oh it's asking me like how I am mm-hmm. without like I was able to put in my four yeah. versus swipe I'm like is anyone saying hi anymore? Also, it's like <laughs> I'm like what's going on? I'm like I want to chat. Inhuman atomization. That's yeah. it. We're all just in our yeah. own little pods. And also the thing with the debit card or putting putting in the code. It's like another like layer of security. It's like are you sure you want this like seven dollar iced coffee? Oh. It's like 
goddamn right. I please, think. please, and thank you. Do you want a tip? <laughs> but that. So what I hear you say that though is like because you, you were on to because. I again, I'm an older gentleman, and you know whatever. But I, when I saw TikTok, I was like, "Fuck that, no it's way!" I, yeah. And I'm not learning another app. I'm not scrolling another thing. I'm not gonna fry my brain. And it felt like going in a playground. I'm like, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no. These are what Amber Alerts are for. Whatever. This I shouldn't be here. This is morally wrong. Yes. But it's like I didn't. I because I saw what was on TikTok, and it's like, well, I'm not gonna do that. So then I just said TikTok's not for me. But you kind of like found a way to make it like the same thing with your job and with interviewing yeah. people you found a way to like all right i'm gonna make this work for me i'm gonna find a lane that's like kind of like my own thing that is i feel like i i do love doing that just in any situation be like well i'm here now so mm. what am i gonna do or like how can i do this where it's like a beneficial thing that is true to myself that i enjoy doing that i feel i could continue to do and enjoy and like because that's also where i would always be like I feel like if I was trying to do something else, I would get tired of doing it and just stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's and also for those, I was like, I don't really, I'm I'm doing this for for, for <laughs> I'm doing not doing this for like w- like work like the videos on TikTok and stuff like that. Where I was like, I want to make sure I'm at least enjoying what I'm doing and like writing it out and stuff like that. And that's where it was fun where I was able to do like some writing for those and stuff, even though the ones that do better are the ones I don't write at all. Which it, it's further funny how that works. Out. Yeah. yeah, that's very annoying. But it was fun. And then I was able to be like, oh, I kind of like this app. I still don't really know how TikTok works. And I was like, whenever people are like, oh, do you want to try to do a different thing on there? I was like, maybe, but I don't really think so. I think I'm like good on it. You yeah. like found your niche. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, I found like if they don't pop off as much anymore, I'm like, I, I'm okay. I was like, I don't need to be like the ruler of TikTok. I don't need, yeah. <laughs> or something. That's like, it's a healthy attitude to have on TikTok, which is not something you hear very often. Yeah. Sometimes it's just fun to embody Gwyneth Paltrow's bottle of water, you know? <laughs> And I feel honestly, it was like after like mindset of like the pandemic and also getting older where I'm like, if I could just be like, oh, I like did something that I enjoyed doing and I was able to like feel like I like helped myself going forward a little bit, but I also am just like proud of what I did. I'm okay. So like the real motivating force there, it's like, it's not like a scheme to like get more followers. It's like, let me just like make something stupid that I like. Yeah. And then just keep going. From and there. then I was just kind of like, we'll see what grows from here. And if anything comes from it, and if nothing comes from it besides me, just like enjoying doing it and people being like oh no it's funny i'm like that's perfect was there like a moment where you like because the more i talk to, to comedians or people that kind of like have large followings it, it, it seems like it's like a steady incremental thing yeah. but like yeah was there a moment where you're like oh this is working i feel it definitely because i think that was that's always a funny thing where like you see somebody like how they get that it's like five years of like 200 followers a year or something like that which is very annoying the best moment of my life is when i I got like three DMs from people being like, look at Matt Bomer's Instagram story. And I was like, why? I was like, I was Who, like, who's that? Matt Bo- he is, uh, that's how I know you like UVA football. Okay. He is um, <laughs> the, the gorgeous guy who's on a lot of shows. I think he was on an American Horror Story. And he's on that. Oh, he's sh- like a Ryan Murphy guy? Not Ryan Murphy guy, but kind of in that vein. Okay. Very like, uh, I'm trying to think of like his biggest show. He did this show that was like a crime show that I was literally binging on Netflix when people were like telling me about this. And then I looked and he shared one of my things to a story. I was like, how the fuck did he find that? And I go to his profile and it says, follow back. Oh, no. And I was like, hell yeah, ah! dude. And I'm like, okay, I need to slide. I'm sliding into Matt Bomer's DMs. He's yeah. happily married. And also uh, him and his husband, I don't, they don't Shoot recognize. Your shot. Like who fucking cares? Uh, they would be like, they would be like, I thought you have no mitochondria. That's how they would look at me. They'd be like, where's the barrier 
to keep you together. <laughs> I'm like, no, Muna. Uh, and then I was like, okay. But then like we had a DM back and forth. So I was like, okay. That's also where I'm like, you know what? If that Bomer follows me, I don't need a million followers. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good with that. One Matt Bomer follower yes. is worth 10,000 of you plebs. And half of Ali and AJ. So those were the moments that. I- also, who's Ali and AJ? That actually is unforgivable. I'm sorry. A potential breakup song? Do you know that? What? No. That was, they're from Disney. And they have this song. I missed the Disney breakup. boat. I don't know. I might be too old. You need to play potential breakup song after this. Okay. Very good bop. Then they re, it's funny because I, this is when I found it too. I was like, oh shit, people I don't know follow me because they redid that song explicit style during the pandemic because it went viral on TikTok. And all they did was say like shit in it. So I did like an Instagram story being like, they are the most like, like horse squirrel vibes for this. I love the song. I love them. But what is this? And this crow was like, oh my God, I know their publicist. I'm sending this to them. And I was like, no. no! And, the fu- <laughs> <laughs> and then I get a follow from Allie. And they're like, ha ha ha, glad you like the song. And I was like, fuck. Is that like a hard transition to make where it's like these people you were talking about and like maybe shitting on a little bit like now, like, cause you're languishing in obscurity for so long. Yeah. There is a level where you're kind of like, okay, be a little bit more conscious of it. But my constant like approach to it is I'm like, I assume no celebrities have student loans. So if I'll make fun of you, if you don't have to like, I'm just kind of like, that's my bare bone. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, I, cause also it's the hard thing too. And it's like the Joan Rivers mentality. Cause I do love her yeah. where she's like, these celebrities aren't going to be your friend. <laughs> They're not, you can laugh about them and someone's going to laugh about them worse. You can either pick to be the person who's like, hi, 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 hi. Or you can be funny and true to yourself and like come for them. And the, the ones that have a sense of humor will appreciate it. It's almost like, um, like the housewives thing when yeah. like, and like being on page six, it's like this, like, yeah, I understand how it's unpleasant, but it's also kind of part of the job. Exactly. And it's also, it's the thing too. Where it's like, okay, you know, you're doing a page six interview. We're going to have to ask you some things and they go in knowing it and they know what to deliver too, in the sense that that's like, they're not going to go to like, town and country to be like this is why my co-star's a bitch mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like good go to town and country about your new like candle line but come to us three wicks which i do love yeah grand dom but then they come to us and have a little bit of fun and i feel they almost have a little bit of fun with that too because if they're on reality tv they are in it to have a little yeah they're in it for a lot of reasons and it's like they're smart for doing it changing the, the world isn't one of them changing the world and like they're they're changing their world mm-hmm. and they're like gonna have fun with that being like i know if I give a little mess, I get something back. Yeah. So it's like the whole passing the, the baton. That's actually kind of beautiful. Give a little mess to give something yes, back. Yes, right? Before we go, okay. uh, one thing I want to talk about. I mean, just talk a little Bravo shit. But obviously, Scandaval's been talked to death. Yes. So I, I want to get more personal with it. Mm. Like the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> like 9-11. <laughs> Where were you when the Scandaval news broke? What if I was like the 9-11 museum? No. Uh, <laughs> um, was that a book depository in Dallas, Texas? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was hitting the vending machine for sun chips, which really goes oh to like why Matt Bomer would walk by me on the street. No, because um, I was like, it was like four o'clock and it was one mm-hmm. of those days and it was truly, we were laughing because so, on a Friday and everybody at Patreon was like, it's been the most quiet Friday of all time, which is kiss of death to say, and we get there, and then someone sends the TMZ photo. And my first thought was, this is Photoshopped. And then DJ James Kennedy shares, and I'm like, this is now so real. 
and it shook everybody to its core. And it was even crazier because that happened on Friday. On Wednesday, I was with Raquel. Yes. I, and Sheena. And Sheena. And Kristen was... Before the, the punch, it watched what happens yes, live. Yes, literally hours before that. And Evan was with Ariana and Tom. No way. Oh, at, at his the show. At the show where at she the found the phone. At the most extra show. Mm-hmm. Evan was at the scene of the crime? He was. He interviewed them an hour before she found the phone about what are your tips for being like such a long-lasting couple on reality TV. The chills. I've, I've heard that audio. I did not know that was like an hour before their lives Lit- fell apart. Early. Oh my insanity. gosh. Dude. I'm also just having this visual in my head of like you said that you're at the vending machine getting sun chips and then like the news breaks and it's like slow motion falling <laughs> down and like into the thing and clanking around. It's like I can't even eat these sun chips. I have to get back to my desk. It was more so now I have a very slow metabolism with everybody running around. I'm like, I'm gonna wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm wait. And one of my friends also got dumped that day. So I was like, and she doesn't watch Vanderbilt Rules. The first thing I said was like, you have to watch. <laughs> <laughs> then this I was kind of like about your life. I though. know. I was like, wait, you'll really relate to it. <laughs> I uh, I know where I was. I was out on the couch. No, I, I was sitting at the table working. I think I was having a very tough day at work. And Kristen's in the bedroom, and I just hear her scream, "Oh my god!" And I, think, <laughs> I literally, I thought Joe Biden died. Like, I thought that's what happened. And I was like, "What? What happened?" She goes, "Tom Sandoval cheating on Ariana with Raquel." And I was like, "What? No, that's bullshit." And it then, sounds yeah, so fake. Yeah. It sounds like a made-up story. Well, it's funny you say that because mm. I think it's so real. No. All right, okay. Because I, I'm, I am now. I mean, again, I'm like sixty percent serious here. I, the past few weeks of Vanderpump have been a little too convenient for my taste. Mm. With the timing, the way they're talking about it, and like they acted like when it came out, it was this big surprise. I now am somewhat of a Vanderpump Skeptic. conspiracy theorist, aka a flat surfer. <laughs> And like I, I know like there's no way they could have orchestrated all of this, and 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 like the the footage you see from Ariana and Tom fighting seems very real in the finale, but there's something about it where I'm like, well, something in the milk ain't clean here. I'm gonna qu- lightly quote one of my favorite Jane Lynch tweets where she's like, "I love women. I am a woman." You remember that one where she like made fun of every woman's voice? Yeah. Um. So I love, love everyone. Talking to Raquel for 20 minutes, she could not pull that off. She's not. I don't think there's enough in the vending machine. <laughs> Not enough sun chips she in the vending machine. I, I don't even know if I told Kristen this because obviously better already. But like uh, when we were waiting for the elevator, she was freaking out to all of us about how to pay taxes. Oh, no. So I don't think she could like manipulate. Like Sheena was like, you have to do make, did you like corp yourself to be like an LLC? She's like, no, I don't, how do I do that? And I'm like, I'm too pretty for this. I yeah. And I, I literally wanted to, I was like, I'm so stressed out for you. Now I don't care about that. I, I mean, I still do because I'm like, girl, like, get your life in fix. I'm like, yeah. get your bill. You're delivering great TV, so get your get your check from that. Uh, but I know I when I when I heard her say that, I was like, I don't think she could maneuver. All right, that is that is the weak link in the. But you know why? Theory. The I think you're picking up on that because I think Sandoval's a smarter guy. I think he was teasing these upcoming the season finale was gonna be because all his one off scenes was like. Ariana doesn't support me. She hates me. I think he was going to dump her after the reunion probably. Mm -hmm. And then in a few months start dating Raquel. Okay. So that, and like that was kind of teeing it up. Mm -hmm. Like he was kind of like setting the stage, a little foreshadowing with like what's going on. Oh, I'm hanging out with Raquel. Like I'm planting seeds. So that way when it happens, it's like a big shock or like, it's it's like, Oh, I knew it. And everyone could fight about it. Yes, exactly. He is. I mean, dude, he is like Luciferian in his, his physical traits. And watching the videos of him, like, throwing the mic thing and everything, he is a spawn of something. Yeah. 
Um, also with Raquel too, like you know that poor sweet woman. I mean, I, 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 no one would agree with that statement. But no, I know, but it's. I think she like because I mean, obviously, like she is like twenty seven, so she is an adult. Mm-hmm. But like, I think she got like she did get scooped up and get played, and I think she didn't realize she's one of those people. I feel did I was like, did you forget that these are real people? Mm-hmm. And it's not characters. Also, like the one episode of Vanderpump this season where like, I guess they were, I don't know if it was the Vegas episode or the one afterwards mm. where like uh, Lala's pissed at her and saying all these mean things and she's trying to say something mean back, which it's just fucking just whiff after whiff. And like, you can tell she's trying so hard, but it, there's just nothing. I've, I've had those moments it's before. Ho- I know. I'm not, it's I'm always not, in those moments. Yeah. yeah. I'm not good at comebacks and full Costanza like jerk store. That's what I should have said. <laughs> And like so, yeah. There was that, and then that like. Um, I love now Raquel being the Costanza. <laughs> mopes, it's the mopes. <laughs> um, and then the video where she's sitting outside the hair salon, and like TMZ runs up on her and um, says, "Oh wow, what an organic, fun interview!" Like it that truly that, was yeah. like Vogue seventy three questions. So, so now, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come inside my crib. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, I guess like we can kind of see probably. what happens when if someone like her tries to manipulate a situation exactly. like she that. Can't play. Yeah. All right. Well, it is Wednesday night, and it is uh, we're we're two hours away from two Vanderpump. Two hours away. How many more episodes this season? The finale. Th- if this comes out next month, th- the finale is tonight. Oh, okay. So the finale is the seventeenth. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then virtual reality May eighteenth. Yes. At City Winery will oh. be the next day. So I'm sure you guys will have something to say. So much to say. I wonder if Ramona knows who Tom Sandoval is. I hope so. We'll see. Can you get her to do <laughs> the eyes? Just Tom Sandoval. I I, I ordered some of those on Am- on Amazon. I don't know if she'll put them on, but we'll see. Hey, look, Ramona's part of your. If you want Rahoni legacy to come back, you gotta you gotta put on the eyes. Baby, please. <laughs> uh, Danny, where can people find you online if they don't follow you already? Tell us about your podcasts, your your social channels, whatever the hell it is Ooh, you want to okay. put out there. So you can follow me at Casper Danny Casper with a K on everything, and also virtual reality comes out every Thursday and Friday on podcast platforms and YouTube, and also not another true crime podcast comes out on Monday, and that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you fought through the Joe Biden traffic to make it here tonight. I am so glad we're keeping democracy alive. Uh, we are. And then the, <laughs> the next time, the next time it happens, just the, mm, mm, no, no, man, piss me off. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to stew about Joe Biden. All right, good night, everyone. I'll see you later.